Welcome to Dunzo. This is a podcast that explores hookups and breakups of famous lovers and friends, both real and fake, and all the discarded pop culture of yesteryear. I'm your host, Troy McKeady. Troy McKeady, can you hear me okay? Yeah, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited. Thank you for doing this with me. Troy, I am so excited. It is so nice to meet you, to talk with you. I've been such a fan of the podcast, um, and thank you for having me. It was such an important, special day, too. I'm honored. (laughs) It's a huge... This is like... I mean, we couldn't have timed it any better. This is honestly crazy. It's unbelievable. Um, I, yes, I was telling you on Instagram messenger, I'm like, I feel so excited that I get to debrief this with you because my feelings are all over the place. And you've kind of been like a Britney spiritual guide for me as a, as a Dunzo fan. So the fact, like, it's like, for me, the fact that this happened on this day and now I get to talk to Troy McGeady about it is so fucking cool. Um, (laughs) How are you doing? How are you holding up? I listen. I am just. I'm really, really. It's like I'm is, as a Britney fan. Like I know you'll understand this. I'm excited, mm-hmm. but I like never really let myself get like too excited anymore. You know. Totally. 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 Yeah. It's it's already kind of. It's like so we've had this like information for like four hours, if even that, and then it's already there's already been like the wave of like the release of the information that he's stepping down and then that second wave that we've all gotten used to of well it actually is more nuanced than that don't be too excited he actually requested for the judge to like reject the request um which is stuff that i'm still like parsing through i'm i'm hoping that it all makes a little more sense to me tomorrow but i'm with you it's always hard to kind of like throw all your eggs in the excitement basket Yeah, it's like you said, there's always some sort of, like, nuanced explanation of, like, the main thing. And, like, the headline is always the main thing, right? It's always, like, Britney's free. And then the article is, like, well, don't speak too soon. And then it's, like, this whole long court thing. And, like, I am a self-proclaimed court idiot. Like, I don't understand anything involving court documents. Like, I read them weekly. But I never know what the fuck I'm talking about, to be honest. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm terrible at understanding court stuff. Like, I don't – it's, like, to me, it's, like, I just – in my mind, everything sort of revolves around Judge Penny. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, just up to her if any – like, you know, things can be requested. And then if she decides to allow them to happen, she does. And if not, then they just don't happen. And, you know, she's, like, so bold. It's it's wild how bold she still is even through all this. Yes, I know. It's and it's like we get these I actually I'm with you. I I actually gave it a real college try to like understand the the court of the courts of it all. And I just I I agree. I never I never quite understood how we can have these like victories where you know she gets to choose her own lawyer and that's like super exciting and then 
Um, and then we have, you know, moments where Judge Penny is just like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, what's right. the, what, how did you arrive at the no this time? But then they're like, yes, the previous time. I'm sure there is actually like robust explanations for it. But as a fan who doesn't have a law degree, um, it can be, it can just feel very, like, you can feel very tossed about. And there's so much momentum right now that we just, we all know what we want to see happen. And it feels closer than ever um, all the time. Um, so we're all like paying such close attention, but it's it's so all over the place. But today definitely felt like a victory um, and, and, and definitely like a huge step. I mean, a massive step in the right direction. I feel like we've all been like haunted by Jamie Spears and our nightmares. Um, and this is this is this is a huge step in getting him gone, which which should be celebrated. Yeah, for sure. And it's like it's also just so it's so Jamie Spears to like release a statement being like, I don't have to step down and I shouldn't have to, and I've done nothing wrong and it's baseless, but it's just like, Oh, you stupid fucking bloated piece of shit. Like I'm always yes. just like, don't you have a bunch of hooch to dig up? Like, isn't, isn't like your jail hooch like about ready now in whatever <laughs> yard you fucking buried it in you swamp troll. God, <laughs> I know, I know. It's I was thinking about it today, and I was like, I literally know. I do not know two people in this on this planet who seem more polar opposites to me than Britney Spears and Jamie Spears. And like the fact God. that you know what I mean. Like it's like I. It's the fact that she has had to be controlled by him of all fucking people and all of the sort of like light and goodness and talent and like interest in pushing boundaries and cutting edge and being a part of culture and and being Britney fucking Spears that she brings the world and then you look at her father and the fact that he is the one who's been able and and he's like the opposite of all of that he's like reclusive he's has no discernible talents he's a he's he struggles with alcoholism and he i just it's just and it's seemingly abusive and i I, it's so such a it's like of all people to get that control over her it is it is such a it's just it's it's my brain explodes in in realizing that it, it was him um and that and that there was this narrative spun that he that this was necessary and that he you know that he was in charge of like saving her her life um and we've all you know come to realize it's a much more nuanced and and dark um reality than that but i certainly remember that was you know in 2008 that was really the forefront of the narrative and we all just kind of were like all right cool and this is it's it's not that at all yeah it's it's crazy too to think about i mean not to like i always feel kind of bad like comparing what she's been through in life to like her career because it's like Mm -hmm. in in the span of things who really cares but I mean her career is obviously really important to her because she's been working since she was like five um I mean it is in a sense her life really right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's just so crazy to think like how mismanaged Mm -hmm. she's been over the last you know 10 to 12 years you could say um yes and you know you it's like this bookmark in her life where her career choices felt so opposite of her. Like, yes. not to say that she wasn't releasing great music and like 
doing things that we enjoyed, but like I think that we can all be honest and saying like, you know, Britney Spears pre two thousand seven, post two thousand seven, it's a whole different career. I mean, it's a whole different thing. Like Vin Fatel Britney is like a really mm. sad thing to go back and revisit for me. You know? Yes. Absolutely. I um I was actually thinking about this as I was listening to Brittany to prepare for this conversation and it took me back to the Dream Within a Dream tour, um, which I know we'll we'll get into. But um I was thinking about like how when you really think about it, like Brittany's Vegas residency, like to me nowadays looking back at everything because I, I saw her in Vegas and then I saw the tour of the Vegas residency when it came to Radio City Music Hall and it's just it's like that honestly like that type of performance for Britney Spears to be doing that um, is kind of like proof in the pudding or might be proof in the pudding that the conservatorship it should have been like proof that something is is really wrong here because Britney is like the most dynamic performer that I've ever seen in my life. And yeah. and that's what, you know, got all of us as, as kids and teenagers obsessed with her. Like she is like a Marvel superhero to me, like watching the the way that she maneuvers through like the the three acts of like a dream within a dream or an onyx hotel like that is the fucking like arc of a of a protagonist that i know how to follow like with all the choreography that goes into it the sort of like through lines that her and wade would craft together it's like there was some real boundary pushing uh resonant and like forward-thinking touring going on there and like a mind a mind at work you know and I felt like looking back with all that we know now it's like that Vegas show was really like a review like a like a legendary like a review of a of a legend with a catalog there wasn't much of a like artistic bent to it and um and, and it's just it's kind of clear now and it's like this isn't even really a hot take because like Britney has said it herself and her testimony she's been like I want to release new music I'm tired of doing remixes to the same songs and so it's just kind of all kind of there and when you re-look at everything you're like oh it's it's been kind of present I mean Troy can you imagine being like approaching 40 and still like lip-syncing to your like 17 year old voice you know what I mean it's like oh I know there's, there's there's evolution here that I, I, that the Brittany I know would be interested in in pursuing, but we're we're not seeing. Right, and she's had so many life experiences that you know she's yes over the last thirteen years has been dying to talk about like yes. breakups and and new relationships and and stress and stuff with her family and like there's stuff that she wants to say artistically that she's not been able to and. I also, it's funny that you, I mean, I think it's funny that we're talking about, um, so for anybody listening, we are doing a album review today, which I've never done an album review on stereo, so I'm excited about this. Thank you so much for being the first person to do this with me. It's going to be, you know, trial and error. Of course. I'm Um, thrilled. I'm so excited. But yeah, I think it's funny that we're talking about the Britney album specifically because it's like, when you look back at that time period so many of the things that Britney has become known for are like just sort of staples in female pop now. 
Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. the belly, like the crop top and her flipping her hair and the way that she in the choreographed dancing. And I think that a lot of it is lost in translation because I don't think people realize that that was like innately who Britney Spears was. And mm. the reason it became so mainstream is because she was so popular and so many people copied her style of dance and the music that she was doing and the way she dressed that it just sort of became what the pop landscape was. But like all of those girls flipping their hair when they dance are copying her. Like that's yes. who she is in her like spirit, you know? Yes, absolutely. Yes. It's like, and it's like, she, uh, you know, she is the best. It's like, there's no, it's, it's hard to even believe that like, there's been so few of the pop girls of today who, who I stand, uh, I stand many of them uh, uh, myself, but the fact that there's been so few that can sort of perform at that, level dance at that level give the sort of give faces at that level just you know Britney Britney went through so much in her face through every song it's like every song was like a journey like I'm just like I'm just I can't stop thinking about dream within a dream and just like the you can track the like journey of her performance in every individual number like the way that she makes her way from the back of the stage to the front of the stage the where she gets on you know like when she gets on the ground during a more intense section of the of the lyrics it's like it's just such a well-crafted uh pop performance and it's it's hard to find current artists who are operating at that level so it's like to your point it's like everyone might be copying her yet they're still not like matching her like she's just like one 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 in a million and I just want to like clarify like I take no issue with uh Britney Spears lip syncing to her 17 year old voice at all um but what I was getting at was like even in the like Onyx Hotel tour stuff like she was like remixing baby one more time and crazy and and she would have had and she had dropped songs from like her first album that no longer felt like cool to her that have now resurfaced at like the Vegas show so I guess what I'm you know I have no issue at all with Britney lip syncing um but my like point is like she used to sort of do everything in a really forward-thinking way and now it just feels kind of like oh like we're going to see here are these songs and Britney Spears is like there guiding us through them you know totally it feels it feels very paint by numbers now yes yes whereas before it was like a a massive spectacle and to your point about um you know her her performance ability it's like it's almost like a level of when you look at Britney during the dream within a dream era Mm -hmm. specifically that time like I would say like you said, Dream Within a Dream, Onyx Hotel. Like, for me, those are two, like, just really, like, peak legacy artist tours, you know? Yes. Like, could be compared to, like, Madonna's Blonde Ambition or, like, Michael Jackson's Bad Tour or something. Yes, yes. Um, It's a level of confidence that is, like, so not normal and, like, so <laughs> not human that it's, like, you can't take your eyes off of it. And the really sad thing is, like, that confidence, that, like, fiery, intense, like you said, the facial expressions and, like, all of the music just, like, coming out of her pores, it's almost like the people around her were so threatened by mm. that level of confidence that she had that they, it, and it took them years to chip away at it. It actually took them a really long time to chip away at it, but they did. 
and mm. it was all based on you know just insecurity about this young girl being so confident and so sort of sure of herself it's really really fucked oh my god i've actually never really process it like that and you're exactly right it's um it's a yeah it's a level of confidence that we derived so much like power from as as fans and like that i but i can't imagine like thinking about like jamie lynn like i can't imagine what that must be must be like you know like when it, and it's it's not just about it, you're right it's not just about the fame it's like my sister is like so fucking compelling and confident and is mm-hmm. operating at every on every fucking frequency at every level on every cylinder from her head to her fucking toe and everyone is seeing it like that's that's a really interesting take on what could motivate someone to be like threatened by it because I've only ever felt empowered by Britney's confidence I've only ever like like I said looked at it as like this is my Superman this is my Batman this is my like this is what I can only dream of becoming in regards to my own confidence and I will only get to like one 244th of it and I will that would make me a great <laughs> that would make me a super much more confident person you know but yeah if I was in, if I was literally like around her and like in that orbit totally I can see that feeling a little bit different yeah the only people that have ever seen me at that level of confidence are like whoever can see me in my bedroom when I'm like doing Britney things as a yes. teenager do you know what I mean like or like Absolutely. if I'm drunk alone in my apartment, just really feeling myself and just really feel like breaking out the me against the music choreography. My neighbors have seen me at that level of confidence, but not anybody else. Yes. <laughs> Boy, that's a great what, what choreo do you personally know or like have temp- attempted to learn? I'm so curious. Um, I know the sleeve choreo. Excellent. And I'm I I'm I'm like I have pageant mom energy, like the minute anything like that pops up and one of my friends is like, teach me. It like is immediately not fun, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I yep. know the slave choreo. I know, I know the oops choreo, but I think everybody does, right? Yeah. Um, I know the me against the music choreo. I need you to teach me that choreo, <laughs> please. Because I have, I have baby one more time and slave like in my bones. Like I, I, I can kill that shit. Right. But I really yeah. want to learn. <laughs> I want to learn me against the music so badly, especially the like SNL, uh, like Madonna breakdown choreo. Oh right. Just, like, just, like I can't. My body. I watch that and I'm just like, how does my body um, do that? <laughs> That's what I need in my life. So maybe you can teach me one day over over FaceTime. 1,000. I will fully Abby Lee Miller you on FaceTime for yes. sure. It would be an honor. It would be an honor and a privilege. Um, well, do you want to get into this album? I would be honored to get into this album. Yes, let's let's do it. Okay. So obviously, first, I have to know, like, what is your journey specifically with this album like where does it place how did you like you know just tell me all the things sure sure so this is a really big one I mean they're all big ones for for me but this is a like a huge one like you could literally like run me the figures of like 
how this album did and it could be like her worst selling album for all I know and I just wouldn't believe you like this because it's all I could think of during this era of her career was Britney Spears it was just that's the only person the only thing that I um thought of at all so this CD was definitely one that I had to buy a couple of times because it got a little scratched um and so I I had to re-up it um I was in fifth grade when this album came out um, and the Dream Within a Dream tour, the tour that supported this this record, did come to my um, town of Little Rock, Arkansas. I am I'm from Arkansas, much like our mutual friend, Jesse. Um, yeah. yeah. So this was like big Britney, big Britney energy. I, um, I, cause I, I was obsessed with the tour cause I had seen the HBO special and had that DVD. And I obviously had the album. So this was, she was just every, everything to me at this point in my life. Yeah, this was definitely, I would say, peak, you know, if you, you know, I always hear like Gen Z kids on TikTok talk about like how they feel like they missed out on like real pop culture. And I don't think that that's an exaggeration. Like I kind of, I agree. Mm -hmm. Um, Pop culture was obviously just better like around this time. And I would say this is where it was really, really just, I have the most fond memories of Britney Spears during this time in my life, personally. Like, just, Mm -hmm. it's peak fandom. And I always say that this is, you know, when the Britney machine, Britney Incorporated was just well-oiled. It was like, it. she was like world-dominating, you know, it was like just the peak. This was Britney at her absolute career height you know um like when you think of britney you sort of think of her in this way yeah and yeah i mean this album was just so uh, yeah i same like i just i lived this album it was Mm -hmm. every moment of every hour of every day i was either watching you know crossroads or Uh watching that tour dvd or what you know listening to this album and yes um, I was in seventh grade, I want to say. I think I was okay. in seventh grade. And I remember this started like a tradition of my mom and I going to Britney concerts together when I was a, a kid. And oh, wow. my mom had like a handful of Britney songs that she really liked because she had to listen to it so much. And she really like enjoyed this album. So oh, my mom cool. was like excited to go to the tour and we went to the tour together and it was like, you know, I think probably one of our like fondest memories looking back i just have such like warm memories of this time it's all just happy and like very sort of glittery that's beautiful so your mom like your mom found because i was i was thinking like my parents first were like oh like i can kind of get behind this song at like the net like in the zone but your mom like even was like into into the britney era a little bit yeah well my mom is young i have a young mom cool she's not a regular mom she's a cool mom if you will <laughs> so yeah. she yeah she was cool with britney she loved britney and my mom loved britney and i actually wrote this on my notes like a lot of my family members liked britney because she was so like there was something that felt the fact that she was southern i yes. think there was something about that that felt relatable to like black families because mm-hmm. she was a real just like southern girl like real yep. down to earth and like very um not celebrity and yes. my mom would always make the joke that britney dances like a black girl and i'd be like well yeah because she dances like janet 
Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> absolutely. Yes. <laughs> um, um. Absolutely. No, that's 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 so cool. And I remember. Um, and Brittany was like my sort of entrance into Janet and then I became like a Janet super stan as well. So it's definitely like that through line has been so, such a thrilling one as a Brittany fan to, to experience. And then you, then she opens up your whole world to this amazing other like legacy artist with these, with this robust discography of so many iconic performances. So Brittany is, is, is amazing. <laughs> oh my God. And I mean, let's just start before we even get into slave for you like let's just start with the fact that this essentially is a janet jackson album i mean like <laughs> this is totally. britney doing janet drag like yes. in the best way um it's, it's so many of the songs sound like janet songs a few of these songs were meant to be janet songs the choreography is just so unapologetically janet like the whole dream within a dream tour just feels so like just so janet yes absolutely absolutely i mean yeah i i, I don't want to skip around but i have i have a note on here on one of the songs that we'll get to that i'm like this sounds just like this song off of um velvet rope so yes i'm with you um i agree it's really solid janet drag it definitely like the slave for you choreo i think like announced Britney as like a just next level dancer like I'm trying to think of obviously she was a great dancer for the first two records too but this was this was like oh this is like complicated choreo like she's hitting beats that I don't even hear in the music like perfect like right. this is like this is some real fucking shit right here so yeah we are like on the same page so far well let's get into I mean obviously it's really hard to review a song like Slave for You as if you've never heard it. Mm-hmm. But I try and come at, you know, these album reviews as if I've never heard the songs and like maybe noises or things that I've not heard in the background. And, you know, this is just one of those Britney songs where like if you do remove yourself from how iconic it is and you're just like listening to a song, the production of this song is fucking mind bending. Like it's mm. out of this world. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. It is like, I wrote a true Britney staple and masterpiece, an A-plus Neptune's production, an A-plus Britney vocal. I love her vocal take on this so mm-hmm. much. Um, a truly inspired collaboration. Sounds weird and fresh and way ahead of its time, even now. Like, this is such an exciting opener of this album. And it it really is, like, I think Britney's first, like, as an adult, like when I look back at Britney's discography, I have so many positive memories about all of it and love it all very much. But I really feel like this is like her first like genuinely cool single, like just like Mm. pressing culture forward, sounding really fresh and not like anyone else, like, like legendary single. Um, I mean, Baby One More Time, besides maybe Baby One More Time, which um, was like, you know, the whole Max Martin sound um, at its best possible version. But this was like such a step in a different direction and so fresh. I agree with you. This is cool, Brittany. Like, this is like, oh, Brittany's like collaborating with really cool producers for the first time. And not to say that Max Martin isn't really cool, but, you know, like the Neptunes and like, yes. You know, it's it. This is like a step into what Britney is to become. You know, yes. and 
a muse for really cool producers that aren't just Max Martin. Like, totally. this is like the introduction of Weirdney, if you will. Um, yes, I, and I will, yes. <laughs> I actually wrote down this Billboard quote about the legacy of this song. It's a little long. Go so, for it. Uh, I have all the time I'm in just... the whole world, so. Okay, you know. cool. <laughs> All right, so it says her voice, image, and songs were meticulously manufactured to fit the label's ideals for the all-American pop princess, which the industry expected her to uphold. This manipulation, especially as she matured and the public's attention shifted to that maturation, led to a gradual shedding of the idea of who Britney Spears was. With sugary pop hits like Mandy Moore's Candy and Christina Aguilera's What a Girl Wants dominating the culture at the turn of the century, it's easy to see why I'm a slave for you changed the tides. It's a. Mm. It was more of a move away from what we were used to not used to not but used to hearing not just from the Louisiana native, but from the pop music that took our airwaves in TRL at the time. As the album's title would suggest, her third project was a reintroduction of sorts, Britney Straight No Chaser, with five songwriting credits on the U.S. version. Spears is in the driver's seat for much of this album. She wrote just one of the songs on "Oops, I Did It Again" and had zero writing credit on her debut. This granted her the, the liberty to tinker with themes of sexuality and liberation that felt authentic to her as she explored the themes in real time. Um, she said, it's sort of where I, I'm at right now, and it's something that I can relate to, she told MTV in 2001. She debuted at number one on Billboard 200, Billboard 200 making Spears the first female solo artist to have her first three projects debut atop the chart. It became one of the best-selling albums of 2001 and a certified quadruple platinum. However, while culturally impactful, the singles from Spears' self-titled effort weren't as commercially successful as songs from her first two projects. And I wrote just in parentheses, like, this is also, this is a really, as much as I look back and I love this time, it's difficult to look back because you see, like, how much hate she was getting mm. at this time, and it really amped up. Mm -hmm. And... People were so misogynistic and so yeah. curmudgeon, curmudgeonly about Britney's projects for no reason. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I that just took me back um, to like a memory I had of like you're right. The tabloids were like already after her at this point because I remember having. I remember, and I, I'm just now having this memory, so it may come out a little rough um but i remember having those tickets to the dream within a dream show and that being like the most important night of my life and they're and just and having them for like months because you know you you find out about concerts so early as a kid and you get tickets as quickly as you can and so there, was, <laughs> there was it was months of being in the supermarket with my mom and seeing like tabloids like worried like uh, not like worried about britney spears in the way that we were in and the way that they were in 2006 7 and 8 but just like i would see i, I the vision that i'm having right now is in the dream within a dream tour when she jumps off of that platform after i love rock and roll um and and she's like hanging in the air there was like a shot from that show like from the ground to where like the the belt like pulled her stomach up into like a couple of, mm. of rolls and the and the tabloid was like is britney losing it is she like gaining a ton of weight and like and like losing her mind and i remember just being like 
they like this is void this is void of so much context like this tabloid doesn't understand that she's like hanging from the air and like and i just remember being like defensive about her already um Mm -hmm. and this is only 2001 so you're right there was already um there was already that backlash happening here that we don't often think about when we look back at the backlash that she endured we'd like to stop at 2007 but it was already starting for sure Oh, yeah. It was hardcore. It was like, as a Britney fan, like 90% of your day was like defending Britney. Yeah. People who have been like, she's a slut. She's yes. a fucking slut. Yes. She's a slut. And you're like, why? Because her yes. belly's showing? Girl, you're belly showing. You <laughs> literally look like her right now. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> oh my god yes you're exactly and i remember getting into like debates on the playground about like what was meant by uh do you want to dance upon me and i and everyone mm-hmm. was just like this is and the fact that she says damn and hell on this record like mm-hmm. i was just like defending her as like you know like a, a fifth grader being like you know she's a woman now like she can she can say a couple of words if she wants like don't act like you've never done it um, and, and it's like yeah but people were it, you're, she really was stuck in between these expectations that I can't even I mean only be especially only being like 19 and I can't imagine I just can't imagine um there's I have a little bit more of this article to read but you'll really Please. like this part that's coming up because it's ironically everything that we've been talking about. <laughs> so it says Spears was a 21st century pioneer in dismantling the good girl routine in mm. pop music, taking after two of her musical icons, her collaborator Madonna's fifth her collaborator Madonna's fifth studio album Erotica was at the center of one of the most iconic eras, demonstrating the performer's exploration of more controversial topics such as homophobia and the then taboo AIDS crisis. The visual representation of her 1992 LP was materialized in sex, the coffee Mm. table book featuring raw sexualized imagery, which has been helmed a post-feminist triumph. Janet Jackson's control also signaled a stark departure from being seen as the baby of the Jackson family. The Mm -hmm. 1986 project was Miss Jackson, if you're nasty, claiming autonomy over herself and her image. Well, uh, ushering in a new sound and style all her own over uh, functified Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis beats. Thanks to the cutting edge assist from the Neptunes who would quickly establish their own lane as a defining sound in the early 2000s pop culture, as well as in, uh, in this era of hip hop, Spears essentially became the poster child for this good girl gone pivot, good girl gone grown pivot in the mm-hmm. digital age. Not only did her, I love this part, not only did her female contemporaries at the time try to keep up with her about face, most notably Christina Aguilera during her Dirty era in 2002, mm. in which she also enlisted hip-hop acts Redman and Lil' Kim, but in the 2010s when a then new wave of fresh-faced talent followed Spears' lead. And, I mean, that really, to me, is the legacy of this album, is that it invented the trope of, I'm not a little girl anymore. <laughs> I mean, it, honestly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was such a, a hard pivot and reset, like just the, the imagery of the Slave for You video. It's like once you see that, you have to contest with a whole new idea of Britney Spears than you yeah. had before, like the, the, than you had like five minutes ago before it started. It's like it really does reset your expectations as to what she's like after and exploring and wants to wants to show us um and 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 i think in like the best of ways like even as a kid i was like 
thrilled by this. And I, I wrote here, I remember my parents were underwhelmed by this one being Slay For You and said that it had no melody, but I think they kind of missed the point. And I stand by that. <laughs> they <laughs> like, did. Yes. <laughs> like this isn't, this isn't supposed to be, you know, the, the this isn't the third part of the trilogy of Baby One More Time, Oops, and then, you know, the next lead single. This is like a... Right this is a new thing. She wants to be, she wants to grow up and she wants to, I mean, you know, you've said it in the past, like that Britney Spears is basically um, a, a mismanaged legacy artist. And so she's, mm-hmm. and I, I, that when you first said that on this podcast, I like was covered in chills for like a full day. So thank you for that. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, of course she's going to draw from like Madonna, like of course her like references are going to be Madonna and Janet. If she sees herself going back to confidence, if she sees herself as part of their lineage and isn't comparing herself to her peers or even like someone from like a couple, like five years ago or whatever, like, um yeah it's like of course she's going to to try to follow in their footsteps and push boundaries around this time in her career as she starts to grow up um so it's 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 just it's yeah it was it was an extremely exciting moment um this the introduction of slave for you era britney well speaking of janet jackson's control let's talk about overprotected please let's do it <laughs> i am a i have a your soft spot for overprotected mm-hmm. and it kills me that she stopped performing this song mm. like it's one of my favorite britney live moments i love the the fucking oh my god the choreography for this song for oh dreaming in a dream and just the whole concept of her being in that like laser cage yes and Oh my god, it's just it's just so the bodysuit like it's just it's to me this is so iconic and and I also there's this thing that I've have talked about throughout all of the Britney albums that I've reviewed where you know Britney's so good at these sort of like double entendre uh you know these like this is a message to the media but also yeah. it could be about a relationship kind of thing and it's just crazy. Like, this is one of so many songs in her catalog that went on to symbolize, like, so much more than she could have ever imagined in her life. And it's insane that her as, you know, a 19-year-old singing about being overprotected, it, it makes more sense in her life now as a grown-ass woman with children. Absolutely. Yes. Um, it's, it's strange. Like, I, I wrote down, is this the... Pre- piece of me like it feels like mm. a like sort of like still it still feels like a very 2001 like p i was gonna say g rated but she does say damn in the song so that probably, <laughs> <it. laughs> probably pushes us up to a pg rating it feels like the sort of pre piece of me like the teenage version of piece of me where she's basically saying exactly what you said she's she's forced she's seen with clearer eyes than we have like her situation much earlier than we were privy to it. Although I guess I've always, and and help me if I'm wrong here, but I've always slightly struggled with getting too deep about Overprotected just because I don't think that she had any hand in writing it. But do you think I'm incorrect on that? No, I don't think that you're wrong in that. I think that it's like, it reminds me a lot of like Lucky in that sense where it's like, Mm. it 
because you know i always say that britney spears is a conspiracy theory because a conspiracy artist right like yeah yeah she is the artist of the conspiracy theories she is the yes. premier for conspiracy theory artist and you look back at her career and it's like god like she has so many songs that mirror totally the, her conservatorship in this really dark way like it's yes. honestly it it does make you wonder, like, was there some sort of, like, pre... Was this, like, some sort of, like, programming to get us used to the idea that she mm. should be? Like, it's weird. There are so many songs that she had nothing to do with that Absolutely. she didn't write that are about her being controlled and trapped and, and lonely and sad. And it's just, it's crazy. Absolutely. Well said. I, I agree. And one of the things I was going to bring up is, like, how confrontational like so much of this music is and like how few Britney songs I'm like going through my head and of course like every album has like some love songs on it but I when I think of like Britney's like sort of like point of view and like thesis statement it isn't like love it is about kind of like like literally like in the discographies like not her life but like the actual out the actual artistic output it is more about these concepts of like who's controlling me who am i controlling like how do i can i break free um and being misunderstood and just being um so frustrated by the system that she's a part of like um so i i completely agree and even just like the dream within a dream show like one of the reasons I like liken it to like a Marvel movie is because so much of it is her like, like swinging her hips and like four backup answers like explode or like she like, right. <laughs> or she like jumps off. Like she's like running, like in the interview, in her interlude, she's like running from backup dancers that are like chasing her. And she's like jumping off of cliffs and, and she comes out on this like spinning wheel of death and there's fire all around her. Like it's, it's always this like threatening kind of dystopian world that she's combating even in these sort of early days um yeah yeah and this song definitely gets at a lot of that yeah i wrote in my notes that i really love the placement of this song on the album i love that it's right at the beginning because it's so representative of where she was in her life and the theme of this entire record and um you know again i mean this is this is Britney's control. You know, this is Britney's mm. take on Janet Jackson's control. And yes. I just, I don't know. I just think that this song should like mean more to people. I don't know. I, I just, I feel like it's only the stands that really love, uh, <laughs> I really love yes. overprotected. It doesn't get enough credit for, I mean, the fact that first of all, it's, it's extremely weird. I mean, this is weird me like really being introduced. This is a weird fucking song. Yes, um, it is. <laughs> it's experimental pop, uh-huh. and I don't think that she gets a lot of credit for being an experimental pop star. Like, her songs are all so strange. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, and I'm, I almost, to be honest with you, I almost feel like it takes, like, a real genuine music lover to listen to Britney and be like, wow, she's like a fucking weird-ass, like, pop Bjork discography. Yes. <laughs> like, it's weird. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, and just like, do you, just a real quick question: Do you prefer the album cut of Overprotected, or do you prefer the Dark Child remix? I was just about to ask you that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have a really special place in my heart for the album version, but like, mm-hmm. come on, 
the dark child version is like it's so much more Britney too. Like yes, it is. Oh God, the video, I yes. the choreography. I mean, it's that song is just so much. That is so much more Britney than this one, to be honest. Sure. Yeah, I agree. Like when you were talking about Bjork, I was thinking about yeah, the album. The album cut of it is kind of like it's not a ballad at all, but it's it's also not like a banger like there's a little like there's some weird nuances and like just the pacing and feel of the album version that just feel a little more experimental um but mm-hmm. then I, I feel like once they shifted over to uh mr rodney jerkins he uh he just was like <laughs> oh we're gonna like party now like we're gonna we're gonna like make this like a britney rip britney banger like really go for it you know oh you're so right you're so right the album version has a really unique sort of melody and beat it's not something that you would typically like dance to really or think to dance to it's strange but then they did make it more traditionally like more like club ready if you will totally and so they both they both have their they both have their merits for like if you want a more meditative um take on those feelings then you go to the album track and if you want to like like basically like party them out then you go to the you want to like yeah you want to take it to the club and like feel all that like pent up anxiety about your life kind of explode onto the dance floor then you and you then you turn to the dark child remix and the i was very happy that she was on the second leg of the like just talking about like effort like i feel like britney in this day just like put in even more effort than she had to because the fact that she like revamped the dream was in a dream tour for the second leg and then like did a whole different routine to accommodate her new remixes of overprotected and mm-hmm. boys it's just like who would i mean it, who would do that now like i don't i don't know who would put in like that extra bit of effort that would only be like noticed by the by the super fans but she did and i got to see like the regular version on the dvd and then the like the new version on on the tour so it's just and yeah the choreography is, is astounding yeah i wrote down these little <clears throat> excuse me i wrote these little quotes from um from song genius like yeah that britney did from i think uh the daily record is what the article the publication was called but they're all very like <laughs> they're all very like um the concept for the album circus is basically <laughs> a circus they're all very yeah. that but like uh-huh. fun you know uh-huh. Um, this one is, this is a song I can relate to on a person, a personal basis, basically because i kind of feel overprotected when I, mm-hmm. she said, when I want to go out, everybody has to organize it in advance and it's a whole thing. I think other kids my age can relate to that to a certain extent. Huh. Um, so it's like, she didn't even know at the time, like what this would mean in her life one day, you know, it's just like, so totally. Sad. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. She thinks that kids can relate to it also. I know. <laughs> Although I gotta say, I have this like memory of my my younger sister and her friend being like hanging out and like they like decided to perform overprotected for their fathers. Like when when my sister's oh, friend's God. dad like came over to pick her up, they had like a routine ready for overprotected specifically because they did relate to it and wanted to make that point. So honestly, Brittany's Brittany's onto something. People did relate to overprotected. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, I'm not a little girl anymore. Yes, and they're fully like in second grade. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, let's talk about lonely. 
Oh, please, please. Yes, I'm, I'm so ready to talk about Lonely. Okay, so uh, this is, again, Britney's version of Janet's What About from the uh-huh. Velvet Rope album. Yes, you, you, exactly. Right? <laughs> that, was, that was my first note. This always reminds really? me of Janet's What About, the TG version of What About. Yes, yes. I mean, this is this is highly... I'm not going to say stolen, but it's highly inspired. Like, Britney really was, like, feeling her Janet fantasy. Thank God. Um, yes. Absolutely. And, yeah, I, I mean, I guess... So, go sorry, ahead. go ahead. No, you go. Okay, yeah. No, totally. I It's, it's totally Janet fantasy. It's um, It sounds a lot like What About. I remember the uh, I, I obviously remember the dream within a dream performance really well i know that you've posted it recently where she's battling her own self um and like dancing her own self into oblivion um mm-hmm. and i just yeah I re- and i also remember janet's like iconic what about performance um i forget where it was but i just remember it's like a vh1 like divas presentation or something right do you remember what it like actually was no, I think you're right. I think it was some VH1 moment. Yeah, and I just remember it is such a visceral performance, and I like it, it was like it's too much for it was too much for me as a kid to like wrap my head around. Like it's 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 it it, deal, it deals with very adult, very dark themes, and and that those are sort of relayed in the choreo as well. And I just remember when I then saw when I then heard Lonely and saw what Britney was doing with it. it, it just felt like sort of like Britney's kind of like slightly um, uh, less less going there version of kind of like the, right. same, the same themes. Yes, a young Miss version. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I wrote down some of the lyrics of this song because I actually really, I just really like, I love the lyrics of this song. I love her delivery. Yes. I love how intense her voice sounds, and it's just cool. Um, but she said, to think I'm so naive, how dare you play with me? I gave you heart and soul. Tell me, baby, please. While you screwing with my head, I don't think you understand. I won't take your... I remember, like, as a kid being like, is she going to cuss? I know. I know. <laughs> she going to say so shit? <laughs> I won't I take your gasp no more. Don't knock on my door. And again, just like who would have thought, you know, 20 years later that this song could possibly mean so much in her life. Um, But, you know, I do think, again, I think I made this point earlier, but like a major part of her catalog is these empowering songs like these, I don't need a man, I can do it on my own, like fuck him song, you can have him, you know, and it's interesting to see as she gets older, because there are songs like that on her first couple albums, mm-hmm. but it's interesting to see as she gets older, the way she delivers that message becomes more mature. Mm. And this is such a far cry from what you see is what you get, even though it was like a year ago. Totally. It's really, really well said. Like, that's what I was trying to say earlier, less well, when I was like, there's not as many love songs as you would expect on these Britney albums like they're mostly about like confrontation and sticking up for yourself and and this is a even just what you see is what you get is a great example of like that on oops I did it again this is you're right it's this is like the crisper um more sort of like just more confident take on that same thing that she's been 
playing with up to this point, but this is definitely the more kind of like driving guitar. I might curse here um, and just really, really crisp production and like economical songwriting and like just, yeah, it's just all there in such a distilled um, thesis of, of that expression, which, which she obviously like continues to, to have on her, on her mind. It's, it's strange to like now, like get that energy from her, like in courtrooms, you know what I mean? Oh my God. I know. I know. Cause you forget, like, you forget, and there are a lot of people who don't even know that Britney, in her true, most authentic self, is like really feisty, yes. very stubborn, you know, very rebellious, um, you know, very outspoken, like takes no shit, you know, she's just kind of been beaten down into this different person. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. But I wrote down yeah. another. I wrote down another one of those fun little quotes. She yeah. said, "She said this is an attitude song. I mean, mm-hmm. we played around with just a lot of." She said, "We played around around high. I mean, we played around with that a lot in the studio. At the very last minute, we decided to put a rap on it, and it's just really fun mm-hmm. and funky and different. And I've never done a rock song like this before, so it's definitely one of my favorites. It's a different Britney, I think. Um, yeah, and it's, okay, yeah, and it, it is like her first real like." rock heavy rock forward song for sure totally yeah i mean and honestly i know that we were talking about is like the pg version of what about and i and i still stand by that but even just think about the lyrics here they are really pointed like think of all the times you made me sick like that's that's not mm-hmm. that's not like beating around the bush like what you see is what you get my beat around the bush a little bit like you literally made me sick i will not miss you at all i do not need you i will not be lonely at all like this is really just she just lays it out it is that britney attitude that that you're talking about like in sonic form um it's a real fuck you must have yes. boy you must have tripped like it's yeah. a real you tried me <laughs> you know yes and then to have her release it at like the height of her powers too is just it's like honestly like almost too powerful it's like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) i'm like like, getting hot i have to find my air conditioning like button like i i'm like freaking out a little bit yeah i get it and also i I know that you mentioned it but like before we move on from this song you know we just have to say like yeah anybody listen? there's 12 people listening right now live if you guys have never watched the by the way thank you for listening this whole time by the way um yeah if you've never seen the Dream Within a Dream tour and you don't feel like watching the whole thing, first of all, shame on you. But if you just mm-hmm. want to see an incredible moment from it, just YouTube Britney Spears Lonely Live. Yes. And it is it is really, I think, a peak like it's one of the greatest performances of her entire career. Yes. She's performing with a screen of herself and like battling herself 
And it's so like innovative. It's so Britney. It's just so like, oh, it's and, and it's just so, you know, of the lineage of like Michael and, and Janet. And you can just see like this young girl becoming a legacy artist. And it's crazy. Absolutely. It's it's like Britney Spears and Wade Robson are like, that's like a creative partnership of like our lifetime. Like, I don't know if we'll uh-huh. ever see like those, like what it's like to watch two minds like that and pop music work at that level. And this is, you know, he like, I guess, creative directed this tour with her and stuff. Moments like Lonely are just like, they are like operating at absolute full capacity. Like they're on the same page. They're, they're, they're playing around on the same frequency and arriving at these like, these like little like one act plays within each number. And Lonely is like absolutely one of the most like compelling moments. And, and I was going to tell you a little like anecdote, which was that um, when she, so like, it's supposed to feel as if like Brittany in real human form is battling, um, is dance battling kind of her reflection of sorts and, mm-hmm. and um, on the screen, but she wore a short black bob wig the entirety of her show of the Dream Within a Dream tour in Little Rock, Arkansas. So like anyone who's familiar with the DVD, Britney Spears Live from Las Vegas, familiar with Dream Within a Dream, like imagine that entire show being performed by Britney Spears in like, a short black wig. And and I will never, I, I never have gotten to the bottom of like why, I, I obviously was like standing hardcore in my seat. Um, other people had slightly different reactions, but it just looked, um, it looked so much different when like, she was clearly not battling her reflection, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't the same. It was, it was clearly like a different Brittany. It really did make it feel like she was like battling a digitalized version of herself, which honestly made it a little more, more powerful. Yeah. It's like almost more nuanced. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's like battling the version of me that you guys like came to see, but I brought this random energy instead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Her name is Ronica. You'll get to know her years later. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Um, let's talk about Not a Girl, Not Yet a Woman. For the love of God, let's finally okay. talk about Not a Girl, Not Yet a Woman. <laughs> oh, Troy, I am like so scared. I'm so excited about like a potential friendship with you. And so I'm I'm so scared about this one because I don't want you to be mad at me. But I am No! Really, oh my I'm god. Really not a fan of this song. Listen, I'm already obsessed with you. We are already <laughs> friends. Nothing you can say okay. at this point will hurt me. Tell me okay. your thoughts about it. Totally. I wish that I liked it. And I even wish that I liked it back in the day. Um, and I do, I can, I can, I can appreciate it as a crossroads companion piece. Like right. I can appreciate it as like Lucy's song. That's fine with me. Um, to think of it as like a Britney song that needs to be at this point on this album is a little harder of a sell for me. Um, because it feels a little bit, it feels actually, I shouldn't say a little bit. I wrote totally. It feels, uh, a little totally toothless after four songs that do have some like real teeth to them. And it kind of brings the album to a halt for me. And, um, and I know that like Brittany needs, needs her ballads. Um, but I just wish that had like a little bit more of an 
interesting or like hot takey point of view than like this particular bit. You know what I mean? No, listen, it's an extremely safe mm-hmm. ballot. I mean, it's like it's almost like a paint by numbers Diane Warren wannabe yes. ballot. Like for sure. I mean, I think that's undeniable. And it and it definitely feels like I don't know, maybe not for people who didn't grow up seeing crossroads in real time, but like for us, this is it's a vehicle for the movie. Yes. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um I think that's undeniable. I do there's a part of me that does like the song. I do like mm-hmm. it, I guess. Okay. Um I used to really <laughs> I used to really like it a lot when I was younger. I don't know how my mom it's like honestly appalling that my mom thought I was straight. I look back sometimes and I'm like <laughs> What is wrong with you? Like, you heard me, like a 13-year-old boy, like, basically uh-huh. crying to this song in my room, like, on my knees, holding my stomach, like, keeled over in pain, because I feel it so much. Like, what was wrong with you? Um, uh-huh. But I, no, I like... Relate, I relate so hard to this, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like the song, and, I, and I, I, I've got to be honest in saying that when I was younger, obviously, I had a real affinity for it, but... Um, I, I was reading today, like, reviews of the singles, and somebody, one music reviewer called it drippy. Mm, okay. I think, I mean, I just feel like that's a real good description of it. Like, it's very, like, you know, it's very sappy. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I guess I should mention, obviously, of course, it was written by Max Martin, but it was also written by Dido. And, oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, so it's fun that there's like a little Dido feature yeah. on Britney's album. I will tell you though. Please. And I will have absolutely no, we will not even okay. listen to the music video. Yeah, no. We're on the same page. I assure you. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. On. No, it's it's unbelievable. She is she looks so beautiful. She looks so spiritual. She looks so at she just looks like an angel it's it's a gorgeous music video it always surprises people when they ask me like my favorite britney videos i mentioned this one and it's always <laughs> really shocking for people but i'm like it's literally beautiful yeah it's so pretty the cinematography yeah. is unreal yes. the wardrobe in this video is ridiculous so fucking peak quintessential Britney the icon like I mean those jeans and that crop top and then when she's like in the hotel scene and like it's just so Britney that she's wearing like a shirt that has a bunch of crazy long fabrics all over it but it's still somehow like nothing at the same time I know I know you know like oh and and you know going back on the note of like face choreo like her like face her face like fits the mood of the song the whole video like she really does look yeah. like she is like searching for um yeah i i'm i'm with you the video is like amazing it's a great performance um the, the cinematography is unmatched um and yeah i will say like like you know it maybe not I, I basically like getting a pretty edgy Britney album up till this song. And then like the edge right. is kind of like vacuumed out to make room for this song. But I'm with you that it works in terms of Crossroads, which I'm also a huge Crossroads head. And I, I was also too young to see 
that. Uh, I was I had to discuss <laughs> with my father some of the themes of that film afterwards to uh, to fully come back to like you know full form as a as a free loving child. Um, so I like it as a crossroads companion piece. I and so yeah, it kind of feels like it'd be nice if it was just like on the crossroads soundtrack and maybe didn't like pause us an energy between lonely and boys which is how it like functions on the album for me you know what i mean it should have definitely been on the crossroads soundtrack for sure i mean there's no there's absolutely no reason that this is on the album i mean it's ridiculous <laughs> and i agree with you i think um you know i always talk about britney having this like this thing that, like, you know, a handful of people are born with just in time, like, ever, where, you know, she can stand in front of a camera and yeah. connect to it in a way that is just so intense. Like, I- I've yeah. just never seen anything like it. And, yeah, this whole video is just close-ups of her face, but yeah. you literally can't look away. Like, no. she's so magnetic. And, of course, she's beautiful, and it has a lot to do with that, but, like, it's not just that. Because she could it be isn't. pretty, and, you know, there's a lot of pretty pop stars that don't connect to a camera like that. That's right. It feels like you are connecting with her soul through her face, mm-hmm. like, and through her movement. Like, it's like she is perf- like she is performing the song like an actor. Like, not just a pop star, but, like, an actual, like, trained oscar award-winning actor it's like her and beyonce do it and i don't know you know who else in modern times i can think off the top of my head does that to where it's just like you see in their body and face they are living the song as they sing it for you um yeah it's unbelievable it's it's just a natural it's a natural talent well, I think that we've given, I think that that was really, we actually gave Not A Girl, Not Yet A Woman more than it even deserved, honestly. That was, like, really, a, I pat, pat us on the back, honestly. Before we move on, I do just want to say, like, that I wrote down gorgeously sung bridge, and I, I remember there being a couple of live performances that were truly live of this, and thinking that she fucking killed it. So I yep. think this was, like, a great, a great moment for, like, live Britney vocals. I don't know why she didn't do it live on the Dream Within a Dream tour, but um but um but, but she did like the, I feel like she did like the first line live because I whenever I hear the yes. song I hear this like ooh yeah like yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then it like switches over into the like track and I'm like, oh okay. But I mean you, you had it. You really had yes. it. It sounded really good. <laughs> There are parts of like these songs where you know, like when it's live, she sings it the same way live every time yes. it's not on the record. And I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. <laughs> um, and there's also like a oh, no 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 that always comes. You're talking uh-huh. about yes. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Okay. Let's talk about boys. I'm really excited about this one. I love this fucking song and i know that she does too Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like i feel like boys has like boys has survived every tour right has it been on every tour yeah i think so i think it has i mean it just lends itself to being performed live and just the fact that she has the two versions of it and they both have 
such i mean obviously i think the remix version the choreography is like really yeah. iconic right yeah it's really you know you see it get reposted a lot on instagram and stuff like it, it lives in the heads of britney fans all the time but like sure does. the original the, yeah. that dream of the dream choreography come on i mean i i mean it's just <laughs> oh, like i love this song this is britney and pharrell just making literal magic together speak on it troy please speak on it Come on. <laughs> and i guess i just have to say because we're gonna say this with every song this was a song that was written for janet mm-hmm. and you know it's got some really intense prince vibes as well yep. um and I feel like with this one, since they were like, okay, so this was Janet's song. So when you do the choreography, go full Janet. Yeah. You can literally just go for it this time. Like, go yeah. full Janet. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. No, that's that's so right. And I, yeah, this, it just feels like she is, this is like, we're back into like, like, I feel like Slave and Boys are her and her like full legacy act like I'm the shit I am of that lineage I can I can go there on a skill level um realness like she's just she's just in her element and the choreography is like it's like they're both like the original boys choreo from like the DVD is so much fun and like it is like it looks very technically difficult but for me it's like a little bit more about like attitude and sort of the way her and the male her like male co-star her her backup dancer who they're kind of like stalking each other around the stage like watching that kind of like flirtation lead to the moments of connection um is like really just like fun and like genuinely very sexy like i i was i was really like turned on by it as a kid and even watching it today i'm like this is like really genuinely hot and like mysterious and sexy and like and lived in and 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 awesome and then like i feel like when they same with overprotected like when you get the remix in there and you get the new choreo um yeah the 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 part two choreo is just like absolutely you're right like literally janet jackson like like pop lock like everyone on beat perfectly just like just iconic so i don't even actually know which one of those I prefer because they, they just offer such different and equally like valid takes on, on the song. Yeah. Great. It's really, this one, it's like damn near impossible to choose. Yeah. Um, I did write down this little quote from Brittany, from Brittany wiki. It's from, um, well, actually, I guess it's like an entertainment weekly thing, but it says entertainment weekly plays boys at number 21 on the ranking of Spears songs. Um, writing that anyone who ever fantasized about a mashup between Britney and Janet got their mm. wish with this track. Boy sounds like boy sounds a lot like Miss Jackson's 1986 smash "Nasty." For yeah. Janet, the record would have been redundant, but for Brit, it functions as an apt homage to Janet. And yeah, it's true. I mean, it literally does sound like "Nasty," and yeah. it was going to be a Janet song. I mean, it really is like crazy. Um. Totally. And this is where I wrote on my notes too that uh and I actually you know what I wrote in my note and I don't remember who said this. I recorded with somebody and we talked about Britney and I don't remember who the person was because I've done so much Britney shit now. So I am <laughs> sorry to that person in advance. Um 
But I did record a Britney episode where somebody said that Britney, that basically that Justin Timberlake must have been really like, especially during this time, like internally seething because the way that Britney was so mm. able to sort of effortlessly dip in and out of R&B without yes. trying so fucking hard. Mm-hmm. And it felt so try hard when Justin did it, right? Yes. Like, <laughs> when Justin did R&B, it's like, well, I better cornrow my hair because I'm doing a song that, <laughs> that was produced by a black person. <laughs> right, right. Yes. You yes. Know? Whereas Britney would just sort of dip in and out and it all felt so natural to her, like for who she was. Um, and yeah, and I, just, I mean, I... I don't know, like, I feel like I can't speak for everybody, but I can 100% say, like, as a little gay boy who grew up in a black household mm-hmm. and have, listening to all of my, the adults around me talk about Britney because of me, all you would ever hear them say during her prime was like, God, Britney really dances like a black girl. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like all I would ever hear my mom say. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's it's so interesting to hear you bring that up because... Um, I absolutely agree. And I think that's like, so interesting, because I was one of my takes of this album that I was going to like run by you is that I would have kind of loved it if like, the whole thing was produced by the Neptunes and and like, slave for you boys energy the whole way through because those two feel like cousins of each other and like are my two favorite tracks and like are cohesive. And then, like, all the Max Martin stuff, like, in between. I don't know if you... Are you, like... Did you ever listen to, like, the full Sweetener album, Ariana? Yeah, I did. Okay, because it has a similar thing going on. It's obviously, like, years later, but it's, like, also, like, some Pharrell stuff mixed with some Max Martin stuff. And, like, I firm so... On both albums, I, I fall so firmly in, like, the Pharrell camp of, like, wishing the mood stayed that way the whole time. And you use the term like dipping in. And I'm wondering if you think that Britney kind of like got away with her performance style and being in dipping in and out of R&B because it was like surrounded by like popular shit on all sides. Or or would you have been like, she she absolutely can make the full album with, with Pharrell and it would come off as just as real. I honestly can't believe you just said that because it's my literal dream. Mm. It's been my dream for as long as I can remember because yeah. my favorite Britney songs from every Britney album are always the Pharrell ones. Mm-hmm. And I just think that he understands the way that Pharrell understands Britney is the way that I think Wade Robson and, um, and uh, what's his name? I can't think of it right now, but understand her in like a dance way. Like Brian Friedman, Pharrell- right? Brian Friedman. Yes. Yeah. Like Pharrell just gets her. Like he gets yes voice he gets her style like he just understands her and like i think that's like his superpower you know like he does the same thing with gwen and he just like really gets in the mind of the person and like understands them but it's still a pharrell moment but it's you know if that makes any sense (laughs) sense okay it makes perfect sense it's it's i we're on the same page like the pharrell britney collaboration is is like something to be just like stood in awe of and I think it does have to do with her voice I think it has to do with him understanding that like her I think Britney's a great singer I think that most people in like the fandom at our level think she's a great singer so I, I say this with like uh, that knowledge like 
out there that I think she's a great singer. But like, I think the thing that makes her the most compelling vocalist is like the like tone of her voice and like all the little like ticks that she can kind of like throw in there, whether it's a strange run or um, just like a, an emphasis on a certain word or just like a whisper sing here and there. It's like, she's like a vocal performer more than she is like a vocal acrobat. And like Pharrell's, production is like a jungle of like of like beats to like jump over and through and like and have fun so it's like the perfect landscape for like Britney Spears to just like jump in and and do her thing with it's like it's a match made in like sonic heaven you know actually I didn't write down because I didn't want to write down the entire article and read all of it but (laughs) part of that article that I read earlier um they talked about the difference between Britney dipping in and out of like black culture versus other artists and how people like Miley, you know, Uh did it in this way that years later felt like really disrespectful. And that the reason Britney was able to pull it off is because like, it was so um, just so natural to who she was to be like, well, no, like I really, my whole life have been inspired by Janet Jackson. I don't even know any. Uh So when she did it, when she decided with this album to take a more hip hop in quotes approach, it just felt like a natural transition. It felt like what she should have been doing the whole time. Yeah. You know, it felt like what she wanted to do in 1999 and they didn't let her, you know? Ooh, yes, absolutely. Well said. Absolutely. Well said. Yeah. That would be, oh my God. Now you have me dreaming like on your <laughs> dream frequency. Like I want that Britney Pharrell record so bad right now. We'll get it one day. Pharrell yeah. will come back. He'll come back. Absolutely. He'll be the first at her, at her, at her studio when she's ready to get back into the, totally. into in making an album. I, I firmly believe it. But yeah, this feels so lived in, so real, obviously like of the lineage of Janet, but like Britney can, Britney can really pull it off. Like she can, like she can go there and and rise to that occasion, and and that's that's rare, you know. Well, before we move on to this next song, do you have you have I ever? Um, I'm sure you've heard me express my uh, love of anticipating. It's like psychotic. <laughs> I actually, you know, I I don't think I've ever gotten your like anticipating okay. core take. So this is new to me. <laughs> anticipating is one of my all-time favorite britney songs it literally if you (laughs) if you catch me on a good day it literally makes me emotional and i think that it's just because it's so intensely nostalgic and when i was a kid it was like you know you always have those songs that even now like you'll just replay over and over and over and over and over you never get sick of hearing them and anticipating was that for me um, it was also my mom's favorite Britney song, like even today. Yeah. Uh-huh. So when we went to the concert, I remember my mom just like freaking out. And like me as a seven, like, you know, this like a kid, I was like, oh my God, my mom's freaking out about anticipating. Yes. And it was like the crowd interaction song. Yep. And I just remember her like losing her shit. And I was like, oh my God. Like, I just have such a visceral reaction and I also, I mean, I just, I think that it's just a really fucking good sugary disco fun inspired by Janet Jackson's All For You yes. song. <laughs> <Absolutely>, yes. 
<laughs> and this was this was like same year as all for you right like or like yeah really, yeah so it felt like maybe like the same the same sessions of those like instrumentalists birthed both uh productions and they like one got sent to janet and one got right. sent to Brittany. <laughs> yeah no sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you keep going no that's it i mean i and i guess the only other thing i could say is that i i have said many times that like aside from r&b britney like sugary popney is yes. where I feel the most swaddled. And this is like, I mean, this is really right up my wheelhouse. Like this is, this represents like my love of Britney, this song. I love it so mm. much. I love that so much. I agree. I'm a, I'm a huge anticipating head. This is also RuPaul's favorite Britney song. I'm not sure if you were aware of that. Really? Are you yeah. kidding me? <laughs> I didn't know that. No, this is this is RuPaul's like I don't know what it is like I have like a a screenshot that I took of like RuPaul must have been like early Drag Race I I doubt it was pre Drag Race I can't claim to be like that cool but I would have caught this then but like it was early enough to where he was still like posting his like thoughts and he was like wow. this is my favorite Britney song and it was just like a link to <laughs> anticipate and I and I screenshotted it and I like I I never forgot. Um, I have goosebumps. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so you're in good company. Um, and I also love this song. And um, and I wrote down here, like, the fact that she had such a demanding routine to this for the Dream Within a Dream tour is mm. is, is kind of insane because it's, like, what what was the point of that? Like, she, it just, like, kind of, like, speaks to how good of a dancer she is that, like, to learn that choreo for, like, this moment in the tour um, which is not like a single, except for like I think in like abroad somewhere, it was maybe a single. Right. Do you know where it was a single? Um, it was a single in France, and I actually, okay. when I was reading about it, I ironically read that it's like this is actually one of her most critically acclaimed songs. Like, I know. In other countries, this is like her magnus opus. <laughs> like people <laughs> love this song in France, and I was like, oh my god, oh, I'm. Yeah. I'm hello my people hello yeah cool amazing yeah like i just uh i i i think it's i mean it's it's a classy song you know it's like it has that kind of like timeless feel to it and and it kind of like Mm -hmm. joins the like roller rink anthems of of our of our of our time it like it's kind of like blow by beyonce like i just like there's certain songs Mm -hmm. that just like i hear those first chords and I mean, Beyonce helped me out with that one because she actually set the video in a roller rink. But certain... <laughs> no, I get with you, like public affair. Yeah. Oh, yes, come on, public affair. Yes, you hear <laughs> right. the first note, and you're just like, I'm in the rink. Like this is this is where I'm spending the night. So I I love it. Absolutely love anticipating. And it, yeah, and it's cool because it's it's 2001's interpretation of disco. Like totally. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like that's fun also. Because it's still very much like a 2001 pop song, but it's 2001 goes disco. It's 2001 in an Afro wig, really. Well said. Because it doesn't have any of like the doesn't have any of like the like sonic depth of disco or like like real instruments mm-hmm. of of disco. It it still feels like of this album of like a Max Martin take on disco, whether he produced it or not. Um, but no, that's interesting. It's like a, a computerized, uh, computerized disco. Turn of the millennial right. disco. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's just also, I should say that it's just so, it's so unapologetically Britney at her core that yes. during the performance of this song, it's like she's 
literally dressed up in like these crayon clothes and she's like in a coloring book and they have like a little car that comes out where she's like it's very cute yeah and then at the end she's like do you ever have a song that just takes over your body rips off her like her cute crayon colored outfit to expose that she's like in full slave gear underneath and like performs probably the sexiest version of slave for you to date after doing like a literal coloring book song it's so britney <laughs> i'm like i'm like actually like covering my mouth like getting incredibly hot like hyperventilating <laughs> like freaking out over here because, <laughs> because it is so it is like that is the britney energy that i'm here for it is like the <laughs> the crux of the obsession is right there in that transition it's like she trojan horses this like energy of like positivity good vibes everyone sing along like the cameraman are like showing ch- little children like dancing with their moms yes. with like glow sticks yes. <laughs> and then she's like oh my god you guys like i have a question did you ever have a song that just like and then she just like strips and you're right just like <laughs> is dripping in sweat everyone around her takes their shirt off the like slave for you baseline is like booming through the speakers and it's like dark energy all of a sudden and she's like naked and like it's fucking awesome it's like that's her whole career it's like trojan yeah into believing that she's this one thing and she's actually this other thing right she's like simulating an orgy in a jungle (laughs) (laughs) um we have a a message from caroline rizzo let's listen to it I definitely related to overprotective and I think I was in second grade when this song came out on my Dell PC watching that Dark Child remix video. It was incredible and one of the most memorable Britney moments to this day in my life. Yes. Absolutely. She raised us. Yes, seriously. Oh god yeah thank you for sharing it's yeah i feel like i feel like it definitely touched like gay i mean this is like britney entirely but like i'm overprotected it definitely touched like closeted gay boys and like youthful youthful young girls like we all were just like trapped in the in this like strange system we were trying to figure out and britney just like called it out and was like i feel it too so we were yeah we we stand well i'm going to hope like you said earlier that our friendship doesn't fizzle okay we get to this next song <laughs> <laughs> uh okay <laughs> i am not a huge fan of britney's version of i love rock and roll mm-hmm. um, would you like to know what the first words i have under that are what a total artistic failure oh thank god <laughs> I do not like this either. I, I you go first, but I I we're on, you're not going to ruin any friendship here. Okay, good. <laughs> well, so as the story goes, I mean, obviously, if you are a Britney fan, you know that this song, you know, she performs karaoke. Whoa, <laughs> karaoke in Crossroads. So they decided to add this song to her album, and it's funny. It's like I love rock and roll, and Not a Girl Night at a Woman stand out on this album as totally random they don't make any sense being here and because they're just movie songs like they're just yes britney incorporated you know 
Um, yeah. And she was quoted saying, they asked me to sing karaoke in the movie, um, and I actually love to sing I Love Rock and Roll. I've sang it at a lot of clubs that I've been to. So, you know, it's like, it's just uninspired. It's like, it's kids bop. Like, you know, it's 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 just, I, I don't know. When yeah. I was younger, I guess I used to maybe like it, but I don't know if I've ever turned on the album to hear it. Totally, totally. I'm with you. I, um, my main critique of it is that, like, this is the last Britney album that had a cover on it, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the first three all have covers, and I think that the first two actually remake their songs into, like, really interesting um, arrangements and, like, an interesting, like, takes for, like, Britney Spears to have on those songs. Um, with like the beat goes on from baby one more time and satisfaction from oops like they sound Mm -hmm. very different and like very britney and very very like very interesting spins on those like classics and this one for me is just like not as potent as a as as a remake it's not as like i'm not as clear as like what britney is like um adding to the legacy of of the track um it's also so for like a song that's like about like rocking out and like loving rock and roll music it's so slow like it's like it's, right. it's the energy is kind of drained from it and i i don't that, that that is such an interesting choice with a song that was like so energetic um when joan jett did it you know yeah there's no urgency to the song at all like it is very it seems like it lasts too long it's probably like yes. one one pace too long and yeah, I mean, it, it, it just feels so uninspired. And, like, I will say I do enjoy this a lot visually. Mm-hmm. Um, I love I, – I think that this music video, it's actually really fucked up that this music video is not a part of what you would consider to be Britney's, like, iconic videos. Like, this video is beautiful, beautifully yes. shot. She looks fucking incredible. She is yeah. so – cool in this video totally yeah the video is is awesome um it's kind of like not a girl it's like the video is working kind of like overtime to make up for the for the how the song is lacking um yeah the video is is amazing and and the motorcycle i feel like she's like made that she it's like she or her team kind of like decided that it was iconic because i feel like she's like written like she wrote that like guitar and saying i love rock and roll like Mm -hmm like 2016 era award show appearance and um yeah so i feel like she knows how iconic it is but i agree that it should be like culturally understood as iconic yeah and then the the dream within a dream version of this is just like beyond i mean it's just it's stupid good like it's so cool you know she's like on that stage that's floating above the air and you know it's a real highlight of the of the show um and then I guess we should also mention if we're speaking about the visual element of this song that, you know, very controversially, the director's cut, um, she like, as Ashley Simpson would say, licks the milk up off the floor, if you will. Uh, <laughs> she like crawls over to this speaker that's like leaking speaker fluid or something. Yeah, yeah. And she licks it up off the floor and rubs it on her body and it's really 
really I mean it really is suggestive even for Britney during this time it's like holy shit like she's simulating licking you guys know what she's simulating I don't have to spell it out for you (laughs) (laughs) yeah I need to you know I need to revisit that video I just have the image of her on the um motorcycle in my head and I and I know the outfit but I need to revisit that video. I don't remember this like scandalizing moment. This is awesome. Totally should. Yeah, you should. It's it's good. I mean, it's it's amazing, but it's like eek. a little much. Eek. A little much. <laughs> a little much. Um, totally. I'm good to move on to Cinderella. Oh wait, did you have more? Do you have something else you want to say? I was just gonna say I completely agree that like they, they knew what they were working with for Dream Within a Dream because they like they sped it up again. They like got it going. They got it fast yeah. for, for the live performance. So I feel like they had the same realization that we've had. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm glad we're on the same page there. Yeah, that's so true. The sped up version is like I love the Dream Within a Dream version. Me too. Me too. I used to, I used to, I, I burned myself like a dream within a dream version, like CD that would like play just basically like the, the, the live versions of these songs. Um, and I love rock and roll was definitely like the one that needed it the most. Cause it's just a whole different um, energy. Oh, that's really lucky. So you had that, that cool dreamy version of baby one more time. I did. Yeah. I think I got it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I, I, guess I must have burned it off of like Napster or something, like or LimeWire. Like I found some weird cut of it, and I and I yeah, that that was my kind of like. That's probably why I knew that not a girl runs so well. It's like I actually my memories is like my memories are clouded <laughs> by the actual like tour audio more than the album. <laughs> right, that's a good problem to have. Totally, yeah. <laughs> um, what do you think about Cinderella? I wrote that it was the most ambitious song on the album, the one with like the loftiest goals, and I loved it. I, um, I mean, I, I remember Cinderella well, but when I revisited it, I was I didn't know how I would feel about it. I, I, I kind of felt like I knew what my take would be on a lot of these before Cinderella, but I was like, that'll be an interesting one to revisit in 2021. Um, but I, I did really like it. Um, it's definitely on the popular side. It's not, it's like, you know, a far cry from the Pharrell stuff that we enjoy so much. Um, but it, it's a big, it's a big number. It's a huge song. And I was really kind of like impressed with its scale and how cinematic it was on production and singing level. Um, and I guess I, I wrote, this is one of, one of those songs I would love to hear Britney sing in a big way. Um, her doing the Britney voice, I think, kind of diminishes power here. Um, I would love to hear the song with, like, vocals louder, more centered, and kind of her using all of her power, because I think the song kind of calls for it. But I was impressed with the sort of vastness and, like, grandioseness of, of this one. What about you? Well, I totally agree with that. I mean, I definitely think, you know, alto, growl, you know, like that grunty Britney from 1999 that I love so much. Yeah. Um, who starts everything with? <laughs> <laughs> I love growl Britney. Um, yeah, I definitely think you're so right about that. Like this, this song is so over the top, so theatrical. It's like Britney doing meatloaf. Yes. I mean, it literally, it's like it's like it's like VH1. 
in like the early 2000s late 90s like it's all coming back to me now like that's like the vibe i get from this song almost like it's really dramatic really over the top and you do sort of lose her in the background because she's doing full britney voice yes and it doesn't really fit with the song. Ironically, I wrote in my notes, like, I, I wish that I could say more. I mean, I have the least written down about Cinderella because I don't really know what to do with it or where to place it. Like, I've right. never, ever put on this album and, and gone to Cinderella first in my whole life. Totally. Like, ever. Uh, I've never been like, oh, I just want to listen to Cinderella because it's in my head. Ever. Yeah, but, I'm with I'm with you. I feel like I feel like we're kind of maybe in the minority. I feel like I, I listen to a lot of the Britney, all, probably all of the, the Britney podcasts, and I feel like it's like a, a fan favorite of sorts from this era. I've gotten that that energy um, from the Britney thinkers of our time, and I don't necessarily like <laughs> relate to that energy. Like I do, like like I said, like I was impressed with the scale of it, but it feels so. Like, if Slave for You and Boys are on this album and those songs are so cool and forward-thinking sonically, this doesn't feel, like, cool to me. You know what I mean? That's exactly what it is. You literally just described the whole... You hit the nail on the head. It's not cool. Yeah. It's, it's catchy. Not cool. Yeah. It's fun. It's theatrical. It's fun to listen to. But it's not cool. Like, it's not a cool song. It's not cool, like you said, in the way that Boys is just, like, innately cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, like the spoken word bridge is very kind of corny and like, yeah, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's, I admire, I just, there seems like there was a lot of effort that went into this one. It just really builds and builds and builds and there's a lot going on. And I like admire the effort that went into it, but I, it doesn't like hit for me because some of the other songs that hit so on this album, they hit because they feel like effortless. Like it was just like magic in the studio between Britney and Pharrell. And this feels like they were like, we got to fucking churn out Cinderella tonight. Like, we Mm -hmm. are going to fucking go for it. It's just such a big, bloated kind of situation. Maybe that's true, because this was the first song Britney ever wrote with Max Martin together. So maybe that's true. Maybe it was like, because it it is bloated. It's like this song, by the end of it, you're just like, okay. (laughs) Now we're we're like leaving the Disney ride. Like we're out of it now. Like, okay. Totally. That's so funny. Like when you said that I immediately burst into laughter because it's just like such a funny reaction to all of that. Just be like, okay, because it's just so much. Like it's it's mm-hmm. just so much effort and so much energy. And was, and yeah, you're <laughs> right. My response is usually just like, All right, cool. Thank you for thank you for the song. Like, can we move on? <laughs> <laughs> it's like that feeling of when you see somebody leaving a ride at an amusement park and like they're all like their shit's all fucked up but they're like blank <laughs> like their face is blank but their hair is like blown back and they're like soaking wet you're like thank you <laughs> do you know what i mean i really do i really do yeah <laughs> um, so yeah that, that's that's yeah I'm happy to move on from Cinderella, honestly, and I'm very excited to talk to you about Let Me Be. Come on, bring it. Bring it. I'm ready. Okay. What would a Britney album be without a thinly veiled dig at the media, right? Mm. And this is it. Every Britney album has to have at least one song, you know, what you see is what you get, satisfaction kind of gig. Um, And 
this to me is very much this album is what you see is what you get. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is, it's a, a song of Britney reading the fucking media, mm-hmm. but also it's thinly veiled as a song about a relationship. And I wrote down the lyrics for that reason. It says, you try to read me. I love the lyrics of the song. You try to read me. You try to figure out. You try to breathe me, but you can't blow me out. You try to feel me, but I'm so out of touch. I won't be falling. You won't have to pick me up. I'm sorry if I sound confused. I don't feel the way you do, but I won't turn around. You think that I might back down, but I won't. You think that I might have doubts, but I won't. No insecurities. Won't you just let me be? Uh, Think that you know me now, but you don't. Think that I can't stand on my own. Ain't my philosophy. Won't you just let me be? And I love this second uh, verse where she says, trust in my instincts. Trust that I know what's right. These are the reasons I keep you up at night. Tell me, go slow. This is my flow, because you don't know what I know. Let me tell you how it feels. Baby, it's time that you see me for real. I mean, this is some controlled Janet mm. shit. Like, this is like, you know, this is yes. about that little girl anymore stuff. Absolutely. And it reads so, so much more pertinent in 2021. Like, I, I also pulled up the lyrics to read along with you, and it's just like, and, and she wrote this, right? This is like, yeah. this is a Britney. Yeah. Wow. Um, hits different. Hits different. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm with you. I, I really like this one. I, um, I, I I agree with everything you've said. It feels personal and, and, and like both like in the lyrical content and it feels like a little less like pressurized, like uh, production wise. Like it feels like a, like a, second half of album like rumination on what's in Britney's mind more than it does like trying to go for any sort of hit or or whatever you know Cinderella was was going for Um, right it it feels like it feels a little relaxed and more introspective and like Britney kind of like diary entry um ruminating on like her lived experience and it kind of like yeah this like vibe like i feel like you know born this way the album had like this similar like sonic shift toward its like second half and i i think it's like pretty common i guess and and smart for a pop album to have this sort of like um more meditative vibe toward this point in the in the record she doesn't sound like she has much to prove she just wants to kind of like talk about her life a little bit oh god you just yeah you just perfectly said that and her fucking voice can we talk about mm-hmm. the tone of her voice? Come oh, on, I know. Oh, I know. This is the closest I think we get to, like, her natural register is this song. Because she doesn't yes. really sing in her deep register on this album at all. Mm-hmm. Um, which sucks because I love hearing Britney sing in her deeper tone. And it's not even really deep in this one. Like, it's not actually that deep, but, like... It's just enough to make a big difference because compared to the, all the rest of the songs, it's it's different. Yes, yes, that's right, and it matches the production so perfectly too. Like it's like it it's just it stays in this like this valley. It's like like the production and her vocal it just stays in this 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 pocket the whole time. Um, and and that that is helped by you're right her lower register. And I also had a vocal note here, which is that. Her runs are really precise. <laughs> I don't know what exactly mm. that, but I think there's just some like running going on here that I remember being like, wow, she really like 
that was a perfect run, which obviously it's like a final track on a, on a huge album. So they're not going to let an imprecise run on there. But I, <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh, she sounds, I just, my point, I guess, is that she just sounds really good and in control of her voice and kind of like vocally in her element on this one. Yeah, there's a lot of, um, like, you said earlier that, like, the coolest thing about her voice is that there's so much character to it, and it does so many weird, unique, sort of fun things. It has so many, it's like a, um, it's like a pot, like, what are those, like, Swiss army knives? Like, it has, like, a million different options. Yes, you know? yes, uh-huh. She can do so much with it, and it, this song specifically, she's really being, like, quirky, and there's a lot of, like, you know, I, I think that a lot of times Britney sings in character, mm-hmm. depending on the, the like the whole gig of the song, again, very Gaga. And, yeah. you know, she's really just like, I just, I don't know. Her delivery in this song is just really memorable to me. Like, it really sticks out to me. It's a, this is a good track. I agree. And I'm getting like more into it as we talk about it. <laughs> like, I didn't, I didn't have that many notes on this one, um, but and my notes were positive. But now that I'm thinking about it, you're right. It's like, I'm so sorry that I keep bringing up Cinderella but it's just funny because it's like this comes right after Cinderella and it's the actual opposite energy it's like such a (laughs) such a chill and like introspective vibe right after a song that was like all about like theatrics and and showing off and like and I think it really yeah this is like this is this is a vibe of Britney's that I could I could definitely spend a little more time with like I, I would love an album of like the Pharrell Britney like give me the um how can I be sad slay for you boys one after oh. the other just all the time but also give me like whatever alchemy's in the room with the let me be team for a full album too like give me that as well this is a really interesting song yeah because she's still co- she sounds cool still yes you know, absolutely couldn't agree more. This is very much very coolly and very like <laughs> and very like um yeah, like just living in her truth me a little bit, you know, just just uh yeah. telling it like it is me. Well, we're getting to the end of the album. Yes, I know. Okay. Let's talk about bombastic love. Oh god. The end of the album is like really good. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Totally. This is my sister's favorite Britney Spears song. So shout out to Abby Dozier. Um, she loves Bombastic Love. Um, I wrote that the opening lines, I'm here to testify, have taken on new meeting in 2021. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the sort of confidence with which she kind of just like comes in and says it. I'm just like, yes, come on now. It's, it's the same confidence that she actually entered into the courtroom and cursed out the judge and like said like what the fuck is going on here we gotta we gotta yes. split this up <laughs> um yeah I, I i like bombastic love it feels a little a little like cinderella's cousin to me in the sense that it's like it has lofty ambitions um <laughs> it's a it's, it's another like big song but like i like I like the like conceit of this one that that she's kind of like describing what she would like to see in like in a romantic situation. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like Bombastic. It's not one of my favorites on the album, and it's not even one of my favorites on the like second half. But I do like it. What do you think of it? Well, I do. I definitely like. <clears throat> um, I love that the title. I love that the chorus is literally bombastic. 
and you're like singing about a bombastic love like i don't know i think that what cinderella tries to do this song does successfully because it's theatrical and it's very over the top with the like "Ah, ah, ah, ah." i mean it's very you know it's very it is also very it's all coming back to me now like the curtains are blowing you know white linens are blowing um yes (laughs) but it's like more contained and it doesn't try and do so much and yeah, it's fun. I definitely, yeah, this is not one that I'm like, I just must hear Bombastic Love. Sorry, girls. Like, <laughs> you know, this isn't that song. But I don't turn it away when it's on. Like, I'll listen to it for sure because it's fun. Um, and yeah, I just think it's really, it's, it's, a, it's very of its time in a good way. Like, it feels so 2001. It feels yes. so 2001 in a good way. Absolutely. It really does. Yeah. I mean, like these songs are like a time capsule of like what music sounded like back then. And like, and like these, and yeah, Bombastic Love, it like, it has that like weird, like choral chanting. Um, and it, and she's like building on top of it with her own, with her own sort of storytelling. It's, 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 it's definitely not like, there's, there's no like real duds here. And like, I definitely like, find interesting shit to like latch onto um in all of these i also wrote for this one like this vocal delivery is like almost seems like britney is like self-aware and parodying her own thing like her own voice like oh yeah super super britney voice like in a way that like snl would do like britney voice (laughs) it's it's full mini mouse forward (laughs) totally it's like makes me wonder if like people who make fun of britney are actually her like biggest fans because they know bombastic love and are like parodying (laughs) that (laughs) because i'm totally like yeah i'm always like that doesn't that's not what she fucking sounds like you guys are just being like insane but like she actually does sound like that on this song <laughs> right yeah oh my god uh we have a oh we have a, a message oh, cool. i don't realize okay this is from rob okay i'm sorry i have my retainers in so i sound a little <laughs> weird but I have to talk about Bombastic Love because I'm a little bit obsessed. And I think it's because I go back to my probably early, late middle school days when I'd be singing with a fake microphone. Um, and I was really good at it. Okay, guys. So um, what else? Um I'm blanking now because I feel like I'm on the in spotlight. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then when she's like, "It's gonna be bombastic love," it's so good, like so good, guys. Oh my god. Okay, bye. Everything is gonna be alright. Okay, yeah. When I'm yours in your mind. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. Wait. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. okay. I forgot about the bridge. I forgot about the bridge. I'm wake up everything is still the same. I forgot about the bridge. I will admit that I forgot about that fucking breakdown. Oh my god. Oh my god. That's a Actually, really good part of the song. Totally. First of all, it's so cool that like people can call in. I'm like literally obsessed. <laughs> I want all remaining nine people to send us something and we can just devote the rest of the <laughs> 
<laughs> I know. Thank you guys yeah. for. I mean, we've really we've been on for like two hours, so thank you guys oh, wow. for sticking around. Um, yeah. Totally. Yeah, no, and, I'm sold now on Bombastic Club. That was. Yeah, yeah. now it's like it's my favorite Britney <laughs> song of all time, just from that one voice note. No, and I also um, I wrote a really funny little quote from Britney where she said. She goes, this is definitely not an R&B song. It's just pure pop. Mm. And she goes, it's, it's definitely got a really catchy hook. And it's just cute, but it's definitely not R&B. Like, oh, okay. So she, she's like <laughs> aware of what she's, what's going on here. <laughs> yeah, like it almost sounds yeah. like maybe she didn't want to put it on the album. <laughs> she's like, it's not R&B, but it's fun. <laughs> totally. Like she also wanted to make the full Pharrell album. And no one yeah. would fucking let her. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. Um, um, this next song that we're going to talk about, Michael, is my. This is a bold thing yeah. I'm about to say. Are you ready? Go for it. I'm ready. It's my favorite song on the album. I'm 100% okay with that. I can 100% see it. I love this song as well, Troy. We are on the same page with this. This is a oh gorgeous God. song. It talk is... to me. Yeah. How, why is it your favorite? Well, let me just start by saying that. This is a direct quote from Britney, and it's the best one so far. She said, I wrote this song about my boyfriend. It's very dreamy and melodic. The beginning is very slow, and then it comes up, and there's a two-step for the chorus, which changes the bass. It's very sweet. And she said all the things. First of all, when she sings this song, there's just a feeling in the tone of her voice where you know that she's singing this from pure like, mm. she wrote this song, for sure, you know? Mm-hmm. You can feel it. And I love that she described it as dreamy, because yeah. I think it perfectly sums up the song. And dreamy, Carly Rae Jepsen pop is, like, my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and this song gives me very emotion vibes. Yep. And, yeah, I just... And it's also... I love that... The thing that she said, too, about the two-step, like, it's starts off kind of slow and you think that it's going to be a ballad and she's like her voice sounds just I I literally have goosebumps right now talking about her her voice sounds incredible I think that it's a peak vocal moment for her on the album and then like she said like it kicks into a two-step and all of a sudden like it's you know a 90s like cookout song and you're like oh okay like yes (laughs) so good a hundred percent i'm with you a hundred percent i wrote down that it reminded me of fill me in by craig david meets take Mm. me there off the rugrats soundtrack do you remember the maya song take take me there yeah like it has that such a good comparison oh cool i'm glad you i'm glad you like it like it has that kind of like um that UK um, like garage uh, sound of in the instrumentation and in the percussion particularly, um, and then it has that sort of like mystical like like yeah just like innocent baby. I know that I'm, I'm going off of like Rugrats soundtrack, but you know how that take me there like opens with those like really just like pure little noises and chords and like. It's just like magical, but yet also like it's a meditative ballad about love, but like in the background, like the drums are like going off the whole time. Mm, it's mm-hmm. it's such an interesting like mashup and um of, of style and like 
I just I really love the song of of all of the songs that I was like truly revisiting for the first time in like years to prepare for this that's where you take me is the one that I've like been replaying the most like it just feels like such a beautiful love song from Britney Spears like it feels very lived in and and I'm really impressed with it it's just so so good it really does like transport you like it's a song that you really do get lost in it's really easy to get lost in it and it also um comparing it to other 90 songs it reminds me of um that 90 song that like literally every song is stolen a beat from it's like like it reminds me of love you down do you know the song love you down maybe who's it by it's like let me love you down yes if it takes all night it gives me that vibe like it gives me like early 90s like radio like house rate house music but like radio like kiss fm house yes i don't know it's just it's really it's good like i it just i have a real emotional attachment to this song i listen this is probably a britney song that i listen to like like if I had like a top five songs that I listened to the most, this would honestly probably be in it. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I can see that. I, and I can, like I said, like it's the number one most listened to of the past like week or so that I've been, you know, really spending time with this album. It's really special. Like it's a really special song. Um, yeah. So I, I co-sign your appreciation of this song. It's, um, it's a total standout. And like, I'm, I'm not usually like a huge fan of like of the of Britney's like just true like capital L love songs but I am absolutely right. I mean, I'm I mean largely because it's hard for me to sort of like get behind their their subject um but <laughs> <laughs> but this one is this one feels really real and really unique and beautiful and like I feel like the producers really like matched her energy and gave her something really special to 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 sing over or that they produced under or whatever like it's a really beautiful match of all musical elements to to express this emotion so i'm with you i'm with you cool we've been so on the same page this whole time i know I, well we uh, now i'm getting i'm getting i'm looking at what comes next and i'm getting a little nervous so we'll see what happens <laughs> <laughs> speaking of uh love with a capital l and the subject matter at which uh she is singing to or whatever okay. <laughs> um Let's talk about Do you know what it's like? This like bloated it's like leave it to Justin Timberlake to come on and just literally like he took every single spoonful from the buffet. He left nothing nothing to the imagination. Every stone is turned. It's like there's beatboxing and it's just such a mess. I I'm with you. I I wrote down ooh. I forgot it ended with his beatboxing. I am upset that we hear him in the background the whole time. It distresses me greatly. Um, I'm with you on all of that, but I do think I like the song more than you do. I I kind of like whatever happens that gets us from those moments that distress us both to the final product. Um, something something works for me. It might just be the tightness of the dream within a dream uh, performance, like that choreo yep. is like insane. And like, I, it's such just like a choreo song, you know, it's like, there's no fireworks going off or like, she's not battling herself in the mirror. It's just like Brittany and her dancers yep. on the platform 
fucking going off and just like in their element as as like capital D we've been in the studio practicing dancers and I love that shit so that might be clouding me a little bit but I'm I feel like I'm like with you and we're definitely distressed about the exact same elements about it but somehow I still kind of like it listen I do like I will be honest with you I always think I don't want to listen to it. Uh-huh. I always think that. And then it starts playing. Because the beginning of it is a little bit much. Yes. It is. But then as soon as Britney starts, like, harmonizing and, you know, she's doing a lot of really fun vocal stuff. Like, especially at the breakdown when you get those, like, this is my game, baby. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. my God. Like, it does. By the end of the song, I'm living. I'm living. And to be honest, her and Justin sound really good together at the end when they're harmonizing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was, I just had a little secret moment where I was like, um, kind of getting into it about like that final section. And I realized that I was like getting into his, his beatboxing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But yeah, it's like, it's like, there's an, in, like, like when I was like dancing to, I was like, Oh, there's some really interesting vocal stuff happening here. I was like, Oh wait, that's, that's Justin Timberlake. Um, but there's like, <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> they have like a, they have a good, I wrote, I wrote down that I'm, I said, the one thing I like about this is that it's their main collaboration besides the McDonald's commercial of old. And it's about Britney's frustration with her fame and with men. And I like that their collaboration as lovers uh, spurred a song about that, not about love. Like, can you imagine their like, their like duet um, trying to think, I'm trying to think of the Jessica Simpson, where you are. Can you imagine of like their, 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 like no one wants to hear that. So I'm kind of grateful that it was this instead of that. You know what I mean? No, you're so right about that, that it was not, because it very could have easily been, you know, this us way could have been some Nick Lachey yes. crooning to his gal moment. Um, but they instead chose to go full dirty pop. And totally. I'm I'm grateful for that. Yeah, you're right. I mean it it, it it's a fun song. The beatboxing is cringe, but like let's yep. be honest. Was I not pop locking and dropping to Justin's <laughs> fucking beatboxing in two thousand one? Of course I was. Of course, I'm not like I'm not above it. You know what I mean? I'm no better than the next guy. So yeah, like this song is in the per- yeah. I mean, it has to be stated again before we end this this conversation. The live yes. performance of this yes. song is, I think, maybe one of her most intense routines. Yes. Yes. Like that double spin that she sometimes would be able to do, but then sometimes like. It was too difficult even for her to spin. Actually, was totally. it a three-turn spin? I think it may have been a three-turn spin. Yes, there. I think it might be two because there are definitely moments. You're right. There are definitely moments where, on some stops of the tour, she like did it with them, and others she just like stood in place and like looked really fierce while they did it behind her. And right. like, and I, and I also remember on the DVD. Um, there's this moment where it goes into slow-mo um, when she's like coming up and she just kind of like does this like chest bearing move and it's in slow-mo and I like found when HBO actually like premiered it live I found like the recording of someone had recorded it on their actual HBO channel and it's because at that moment she she trips um, and so for the DVD they like they, they, they hid that from us 
And yeah, just wow. all that all that speaks to like what you're saying. It's like really demanding, nonstop, like energy never dies, not to go like black eyed peas on us, but like energy never dies. <laughs> Choreo. And it's it's un- it's like again, like it's yeah, Brittany, it's it's Brittany and her fucking element as a dancer. Well, oh my god, do you have any like Thank you for hanging out with me for so long, by the way. I didn't mean to take up, like, your entire life. Oh, Troy, it was a total pleasure. I had so much fun. I've been a fan for so long, and to actually, like, hang out with you, such a treat and, like, such great therapy to talk to you about. Brittany, at this level, and also to come off of the news today with someone that I knew that I could could trust with it. So thank you (laughs) for having me. Oh my God, you're so welcome. You know, I always say that I'm I'm hosting the American Horror Story podcast, so <laughs> you'll be back in a different role. We'll figure something out for you. We'll put you in a wig. We'll do something. The next season, you know, you'll be a coven witch. We'll figure it out, but you'll be back. Hell yeah. I will do sure. whatever you need me to do. I am, I'm so here. <laughs> and and thank you for everything. And yeah, this was such a, such a treat. Um, yeah, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep listening to this record for a while you got me like really in and i'm like living in 2001 in this 2000 in this 2021 universe i'm just this like walking 2001 shell so thank you for (laughs) (laughs) we'll tell people where not only they can find you but like also where they can find your music sure yeah so you can find me on instagram at johnny darlin that's j-o-h-n-n-y-d-a-r-l-i-n and you can search the same thing on your favorite streaming platforms to listen to my um, music as a solo artist. And then I'm also in a band called Darlin the Band. So you could search for either of those and hear hear me um, trying my best to become Britney Spears. <laughs> well, thank you for doing this with me. And thank you guys so much for listening. You guys hung out the whole time. And that's really cool. Um, this is going to go up on my actual podcast feed Friday morning so yeah I guess that's it thank you guys so much and thank you so much Michael thank you Troy so much have a great night you too bye thank you for listening to Dunzo this podcast is a part of the Solid Listen Network please take a moment to rate review and subscribe if you haven't already Also be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash solidlisten for exclusive content. You can follow me on Twitter at Troy McGee, and you can follow the podcast on all forms of social media at DunzoPod. That's D-U-N-Z-O. Thank you to executive producer Molly McAleer and coordinating producer Nicole Matthew. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.